Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or a real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you successfully sued a corporation only to have the principal claim it had no assets. What did you do? Dennis, we showed after the judgment there was a pattern of the principal taking money out of the corporation for his own personal purposes. And the outcome? After examining and documenting the corporation bank statements, we showed a pattern where the principal was using the corporation as his own personal piggy bank. We were able to show that he personally had a lot of money and should be the real defendant. He thought he could get away with everything by hiding behind the skirts of the corporation, but now he's personally liable. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. This is Brock Lurie, and this is the Brock Lurie Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. With me always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. So Ari and I were thinking about, gosh, what topic should we talk about uh, for this coming Sunday? And, of course, we're kidding around. The big uh, 800-pound elephant in the room is the recent court decision, actually decisions, um, regarding Obamacare and more significantly, and I do mean more significantly, the Supreme Court decision on gay marriage. Let's start off with that. The gay marriage decision uh, basically says that the banning of any gay marriage in any state is unconstitutional. Why, you ask? Because the Supreme Court has decided in a 5-4 decision that, uh, you know, stuff is already happening and it's just not right. And that somehow it's understood in the Constitution that gay marriage, you know, the right of one man to insert his uh, genitalia into another man's, you know digestive what? Digestive system. Digestive system <laughs> is somehow a constitutional protected act. And not only that, but it should be lauded <laughs> by way of marriage, you understand. And it was part of that just because it's not right clause written by Madison and Jefferson <laughs> way back when. <laughs> I just, I don't get this. I, I got to tell you, it's, it's craziness. Look, it's one thing to say, and, and I respect when people say, look, I, I think gay marriage should be allowed or same-sex marriage should be allowed in this or that state. And, and this is where, really where I want to focus. If you, if you want gay marriage uh, to be the law of your state, then great. It's going to be the law of your state. You vote for it. And in fact, I think it's, what, 36 states uh, now already have a gay marriage uh, acceptance basically that they allow gay marriage and only 14 states have banned gay marriage up to yes up to today i guess because now it's no the ban is no longer constitutional so you know that's that's where the the battleground is i mean states rights have to mean something at some point but you understand that because uh, they want it so badly to be the law of the land and they want some sort of victory they, they insisted by going to the Supreme Court and saying, you've got to give us a, a right for gay marriage everywhere throughout the law of the land. 
Okay. Here, here's the thing, and this, and we've talked about this before. It always seems that the movements fight the hardest when there really are no issues anymore about it. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about this on my Sunday show as well. What do I mean by that? I mean, for example, civil rights, right? The, the, the adamant scream for the fight against racism right now at a time when there really is no racism anymore, not, not of any significance at least. Of course, there's always going to be, even 200 years from now, there'll be some person who'll be racist. But I'm talking about endemic racism, right? Same thing with environmentalism. Right? The, the cry for cleaning up our air and our water. When, when, when the air and the water is so much better than it was, say, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and so on. It's, it's, but but the, the, the press, the push to rally uh, always seems at a time when it's, it's, it's already, the issue has already been resolved, more or less, right? The same thing is true with gay rights. The the, you know, gays have been accepted. They've been getting married in at least 36 states, and they're adopting children. And you know, you and I have many gay friends, and you know, it's part of our culture at this point. It's referenced in movies and on TV and otherwise. And and now is the time that they have to push for the right, you know, to to have a, two gay people to have uh, the, the right to be married. This is the time. It's a little odd, uh, the whole thing. Now, let's get into the, the more substantive issue, which is what is the Supreme Court decision all about? The decision basically says, well, the facts on the ground are that there are many gay people getting married, and uh, we think that uh, we don't want to mess with that. And okay? they're being married in one state, and what if they travel to another state, and one of the spouses gets killed in that state? And, yeah. Or whatever. Moves yeah, blah, that blah, state. blah. Their right. job moves from California to Texas, you know. It's, which, it's, are, which are, by the way, legitimate questions. They're legitimate questions, sure. but, but just because something is happening doesn't mean that it's right. I mean, look, I already went through this litany before, so bear with me while I say, while I say the following. It's like arguing that, look, everyone's, uh, yeah, everyone drives 80 miles an hour on the freeway, so let's just say that's unconstitutional to, to have a speed limit of 65. Okay? Why not, why not stay there, right? Why not say uh, everyone's taking drugs? And putting aside the legalization of drugs, I don't want to get into that. But everyone's taking drugs, therefore, you know, let's legalize drugs, right? Let's, uh, and you can go on and on with this. I mean, just the fact that people are raping and murdering and, and everything else, it's that the, the crime rate is going skyrocketing for whatever reason because of the failure to enforce laws. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, as a practical matter, let's, let's reduce murder uh, to a misdemeanor. Or okay. the rioting in Baltimore or Ferguson is a perfect analog. Yeah, that. very good. That's Everyone's rioting in Baltimore. What's wrong with a little arson? Yeah, exactly. You know? what, or, or maybe more appropriate, Ari, is to say, look, you know, the looting of a store. There are, there are 100 people looting the store. And therefore, you know, if they were all doing it, well, then it's okay. Right? That, that you can't arrest one single person because you happen to catch him, let's say, on video. And his defense is, well, 99 other people were looting also, so why, why shouldn't I be able to loot? They'll oh, yeah, good point. Good, 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 good point, sir. Yeah, the Holocaust Guard defense. They would have shot me if I didn't go along with them. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's true, too. But let's not go too far afield. I mean, the point is that this argument that, well, it's happening on the ground. These are the facts on the ground anyway, so let's make this a constitutional right. No, it, 
Justice Kennedy, if these are the facts on the ground anyway, then all the more reason for you to say, let's just give it to the states. You know, that's, that's what I would have argued. I would have, I, 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 you could be as glowing as you want, and you could say homosexuality and, and same-sex marriage are now so prevalent in society. And we, we, we see a historical pattern where, you know, they've gone from demonizing homosexuality to fully embracing homosexuality, and isn't that wonderful? However, having said that, ladies and gentlemen of the, of the country called America, we, we encourage states to make their own laws, and we encourage them to embrace same-sex marriage. But this is not the forum to do so. We are only here to interpret laws and determine whether or not those laws are constitutional. That's it. And uh, you know, as much as we would love to render a decision to say that um, you know, same-sex marriage should be the law of the land and available to anyone who wants it in every state, you know, we're just not the appropriate forum to do so. I'm sorry. In the same way, by the way, that when we determined uh, against uh, Proposition 8 back not so long ago, we argue that the reason why we couldn't uh, rule in favor of Proposition 8, meaning that the ban in, in, uh, that, that Proposition 8 offered, was because there was a standing problem. That's a legal term. You, you the, the, the people who were fighting, prop, or fighting the anti-proposition crowd, the wanted to reverse the, the San Francisco District Court judge who found it unconstitutional, that you did not have standing. You, you had no right to be here in the Supreme Court. And so we kicked you out. They made no substantive decision. Why couldn't have they said the exact same thing when it came to this? Right? Simply to say, look, uh, we're just not the appropriate forum. And they could have also said in a, uh, in a friend of the country's brief or something, right. we agree with this right. But right. we're not going to rule on it now because the, the cultural forces are all moving in what we think are the right direction, and we don't need to intercede on this. Everything's fine. Yeah. You're getting your right. Well, that, that, that's, that was what I first started saying, which is to the effect to, to the if, in fact, as Justice Kennedy is, I think, correctly saying, is that these are facts on the ground and that there are so many gay marriages and such, well, then why do you have to insert yourself now? Yes. Right? Why, why do you have to make a decision? Especially since, since you don't have that authority. You don't, you're not interpreting a law, and, you, and, and it's not a constitutional question, period. Let the states decide. And if it's so much of the facts on the ground, don't you worry, sir. Though the remaining 14 states will soon be uh, adopting same-sex marriage anyway. I mean, look how quickly it went from uh, zero states to the 36, 36 states that do have and adopt and embrace same-sex marriage. Look how quickly that happened. Yeah, less than 20 years. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I can tell you, within two years, the, the remaining 14 states, let's say five years just to be conservative, the, 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 in five years, the remaining 14 states would, would all come on board as well. Um, and, and what's the, the, the poll number? It, it was 35% 10 years ago that, that, it, that thought homosexuality was okay. Now it's 60-plus percent. You know, that number is going to go higher. So it's, it's all a whole lot of hooey about nothing. And, in, and what, what should have happened is for them simply to say, uh, we love you all. We wish you the very best. We hope that the remaining 14 states embrace same-sex marriage. But this is not the forum to do it. Thank you very much. We wish you the very best. That they could have done. But instead, I think what happened was that these justices, particularly Kennedy, felt that uh, you know, they are going to be making this great thing. And it's all about Kennedy, Justice Kennedy. 
Now, Robert, fortunately, uh, I, I, I feel fortunately, was on the correct side of the decision, uh, meaning that he was against this and he understood the law correctly on this. But man, I, I just, I can't believe that this is happening. This is, I'm telling you from a judicial point of view, this is as significant as Roe v. Wade. And it's just the same mistake that Roe v. Wade made, which is to try to find a constitutional right that doesn't exist. That's it. Okay. Yeah, but I think that the the uh, light at the end of the tunnel or the bright side on all this is yeah. that this will create the backlash that Roe v. Wade created. Abortion was on its way to being legalized anyway. the same way this was. Right. And because of Roe v. Wade imposing a tyrannical decision on everyone against their will, it created the anti-abortion movement, which is it's really flourishing now. I mean, we're at a closer point of, of abortion being looked upon as a stigmatized activity by a greater plurality of people than at any time since Roe v. Wade. That's right. And I think this is actually a poison pill that the homosexual activist community doesn't realize is actually not good for them. Well, remember what we talked about before uh, on our most recent podcast, I think, where we were, we were joking around saying, hey, look, pace yourselves, right? Um, and this was an unnecessary step. It was totally unnecessary. You, you, you didn't have to j jam this in. Just let this same-sex marriage thing happen organically, state by state, and you can applaud, uh, you know, as each state you know, embraced same-sex marriage, uh, you can have a little party and, and, and go forward. You know, in the same way that we looked at the electoral map when, when uh, our candidate wins this or that state, right? You, you know, you say, hey, yay, we got Michigan. Yay, we got Florida, right? That's the way it should be. But instead, they want to leapfrog over it and say, all this electoral college stuff, for example, this is the equivalent. All this electoral college stuff is nonsense. Let's just declare that Gore is the winner because, after all, you know, he won the popular yeah, vote. majority rule. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, but that's not the way the Constitution works. I mean, why not say, why, does, why wouldn't the Constitution say, look, you know, the, the reality is that more people voted for Gore than voted for Bush. So, you know, he should really be the president. Right? Facts on the ground. More people voted for Gore. About 300,000, I think. So he should be the president. And, uh, and, and why not say that the Electoral College is an antiquated system? So, you know, the facts on the ground, blah, blah, blah. There are a lot of facts on the ground. That's the whole point. And um, what about the facts on the ground to bring up the, uh, the, the argument you just made, Ari, is that now people are really against abortion. Right? Facts on the ground. And we can say that the, the abortion should be uh, illegal, or at the very least, it should not be uh, unregulated. Uh, yeah, unregulated as as it has been. So, or it should be much more dramatically reg regulated. And if you don't do exactly by the way of regulation, then it can be criminalized or heavily fined. Those are the facts on the ground. There's so many facts on the ground. I I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, facts on the ground that that people are. Um, are um, you know cheating on their taxes? Okay, let's uh, uh, you know so many people are not necessarily cheating on that, but but they're being very aggressive in terms of their deductions. Yeah, here's one, and so on. Yeah, here's one based on this court's decisions this week from precedent. Facts on the ground: the majority of people want Barack Obama to serve a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth term. Right. What if he stays in office? Will the court, when challenged, just leave him in office because mm -hmm. facts on the ground, he's popular. Or, for that matter, he's still the president. He refuses yeah. to leave. That's a fact on the ground. Right. He's, he's the president, and a lot of people want him to stay president yeah. for whatever, whatever reason. And therefore, 
uh, let's let him stay. But, I mean, it, it, it's such a, a nonsensical argument. Here, here's, and I want to move this a little bit to a different area, but very related, which is if you are excited about the Supreme Court decision, and I understand that if you are, certainly if you've been the pro-gay marriage uh, position, I, I truly understand it, and I respect it. Okay, there's, there's a part of me that says the exact same thing, which is, you know, let, let uh, people decide, uh, let, let them enjoy the benefits of marriage. I understand if you're homosexual and that's, that's your, your focus is entirely on the same sex, great. And you want to make a, a life with it and you love somebody so deeply that you want to share and enjoy the benefits of marriage, just like a heterosexual couple. I get that. And you even want to raise children. I get that too. Um, but again, it should be a state-by-state -state decision. And you, you slowly move toward that. And it, it wasn't even slowly. It, it's been very rapid. Okay. So now you, you get this decision, and you're all happy because you kind of leapfrogged over those remaining 14 states. Now they're, they're not even allowed to do, to have a, a plebiscite, uh, them, each of them, to decide whether or not they want same-sex marriage in their respective state. Okay. Putting aside that that really pisses people off, that they've, they've been robbed of their right to make a decision for themselves. Okay, put that aside for a second. Don't you think, and aren't you worried, that this might very well cut against you one day on an issue that's important to you, and the Supreme Court simply decides that they find a right in the Constitution that you don't like? Like to carry guns without any regulations. Right. Why, why? Everywhere. Yeah. And, and simply to say, and, and by the way, there would be much more cause for that in the Supreme Court. Because there is, is a constitutional right. and, uh, <laughs> right. law so, that says un, not infringed. Right. I mean, the problem is that the analogies are not, it's, it, there is really not a good analogy because we're not the ones seeking to have this progressivism going on, right? We're not, it's not as if we want to make new laws that, that favor our position. Right? It's, it, it's hard. To, the only thing they could possibly point to is abortion. But even then, that's, that's not a question of, it, it's, we, we view it as a criminal act, and the pro-choice people view it as a constitutional right to, to do so. So it's actually different. It's not quite the same thing. Because um, we're not for regulation, but we view regulation as a, as a necessary evil in order to at least minimize the amount of abortions that are going on. But we, we, we hate abortion. We despise abortion. We yeah. feel it should be that, that, that it's a wrongful act in the same way that stealing something from a store is a wrongful act. Okay? That, that's it. I mean, you, you would never accuse us of, of trying to have um, impose governmental interference um, when we want we seek to criminalize somebody stealing something from a store. Yeah, and also with abortion as a specific thing, we make the arguments we make because we're trying to protect the individual rights of a person who's victimized in the act of an abortion. That's right. That's right. It, 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 there is a victim involved, and it's 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 a victim who is voiceless. I mean, I mean it's it's amazing. We, we can talk about the animal rights movement. I mean, clearly the animals don't have a voice, but somebody we respect the fact that there are laws for those voiceless entities known as animals, dogs and cats and otherwise. Anyway, let's not go too far afield. The point is that it's hard to find an analogy uh, of, of a particular thing that we conservatives might want. But technically speaking, there's an argument that could be made uh, that, that the, the Supreme Court will say, yeah, you know, uh, we find that there is a certain right or a certain constitutional issue involved, and those conservatives, they're right on this issue. 
And, and the liberals would say, hey, where is that in the Constitution? Well, we think that we, we think it should be. Yeah, like so facts, oh, on the, facts on the ground. Yeah, I thought of what if, uh, and this has to do more with the Obamacare decision. But if the Obamacare decision is that in the public good, everyone should have health insurance, maybe in 30 years with a different culture of the country, maybe the Supreme Court will find for the public good everyone has to attend church or synagogue once a week. Mm. Oh yeah, oh that, that's a good for the public good. That's right. That's that, and it doesn't have to be. A religious, uh, sorry, a, a state religion, because that's really what the First Amendment is all about. But we we believe that you must do X, Y, and Z, right? And it's a constitutional thing because it's 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 presumed uh, as a duty of our citizenship that we are informed, right? The same way Obamacare says you're not buying government insurance, we're mandating you to buy private insurance. You're right. mandated to have it. Right. If you don't have it, there's a tax. So you're mandated to either join a synagogue and pay the fee to attend Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, right. or you're mandated to go to church and tithe ten percent each week. Oh, I like and if that. If you don't tithe, we're going to tax you. Greater than the tithe. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, or right? uh, yeah. for the public good. I, I think that's... God, liberals would scream their heads off. Yeah. Actually, in our opinion, rightly so. Yeah. You know, but um, uh, you know, um, yeah. I... The the logic that they use for these two uh, decisions is exactly that logic. Why not make the argument that? Um, not only do you have to uh, attend uh, church services or religious services one way or the other, how about uh, if for, for voting, right? You shall, it's a constitutional requirement that you have. Obligation. Hang on. It's a constitutional requirement that you vote for one thing, and not only that, but you also must present your identification for doing so. But it's not in the Constitution. Uh, we, we assume that it is. We, we, the only way to understand the Constitution is to understand that voting must be one man, one vote, or one person, one vote, as it were. And, um, and not only that, but you have to have land. That's the way it was back then, and it only makes sense if you have land. By the way, I, don't, I think that's a great idea. I, I think that if you, if you are, um, you, you have to have some sort of stake. If, if, it's, if it's not land, then it should be something else. So either you own land, or you have a um, military duty, military, uh, some sort of military thing. You own companies, but you certainly should must pay taxes, um, even if it's only a hundred dollars in taxes. You have to have contributed to society. You, you can't be a drifter, for example. Why do I say that? Because uh, you know, and, and, and it would be a very legitimate argument from the Supreme Court that people that don't have any stake in the country uh, will necessarily vote for those people. To, uh, who do have a stake in the country, who do pay a lot in the way of taxes, of supporting them individually. There's all sorts of logic you can use here, logic that we would not accept at all today. But nevertheless, the Supreme Court could easily make and say, well, that's what we find. That's, we, we think in order to preserve the union and the constitutionality of this union that we must uh, require these things before you're entitled to vote. And yeah, we think you should be able to read before you vote. And yeah, we think you should also know something about this country and know what the Constitution actually says before you vote. You have to take a test to vote. And there's no requirement, by the way, in the, there's, it's not a constitutional right to vote. There's, there's nowhere in that does it say there's a constitutional right. People assume there is a right to vote, but there is none. And, and why not say that voting is a privilege? Okay, why not? Because I think it is a privilege. And a privilege that many people squander away. And, of course, they'll clamor and they'll be outraged the minute you take away uh, their right to vote. 
but nevertheless, it should be a privilege. Yeah, you're right, because you have the right to you know, live in, in freedom, freedom of speech, et cetera, et cetera, and you have the right to redress your government for grievances, but you don't necessarily have the right to vote. Yeah. Interesting. It's, re- it's exactly right. Yeah. You don't have that right. And, uh, and, and there are many corollaries, right? There, you can't drive a car by right. You have a privilege to drive a car, and that privilege it can easily be taken away from you if you have yeah. too, many, too many speeding tickets, uh, if you drive under the influence, if, if you're too young, if you're too old, if you lose your eyesight, whatever. Yeah, it's contingent on s- certain competencies that you have to prove, yeah. that you're obligated to prove before the privilege is issued to you. Right, and, and don't we all agree, liberals and conservatives alike, well, I'm, I'll be cynical in a moment, but shouldn't we all agree that an informed citizen is a good citizen, that that's, we want every voter to be informed, that 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 will be that that will produce the best uh, country and the best decisions for our country. Do we really want to vote for people ba- based upon, you know, what uh, how well they dress, or if they, they make in this, my case, yes, <laughs> that they make this certain gotcha statement or not, right? They're completely taken out of context or whatever it might be. Do we really want that, or do we want people? Uh, or, or how pretty they are, or how handsome they are, or whether they have enough hair, or whatever it might be. Again, in my case, yes. <laughs> do we really? Do, is that the way we want to vote? Of course, we'd say no. And uh, uh, you know, an intellectually honest liberal should say, "Yeah, I, I agree." You know, in principle, I agree, Mr. Lurie. Well, not only principle, you should agree fully about this. In practicality, the facts on the ground should be exactly that way. You should be as informed a voter as possible. Don't just say, you know, don't, don't just make these promises and then and th- that'll be the vote. So I, I see no problem with requiring that people uh, have a, a very high degree of sophistication before they vote. And that could be by way of a test about American history. And you've got to take it over and over again. I mean, I, I have to, as a, as a licensed member of the bar, every three years I have to take... I think it's, it's, yeah, no, it's 24 hours of um, uh, continuing minimum legal education, right? And I find it very valuable. And I have to prove that I listen to it, and I have to prove that I, uh, in some cases, you take a little quiz to, to, to show that you've passed. And if I don't do that, well, guess what? I'm going to be not disbarred, but I'll be made inactive until I do something about it. And so why is this any different? Why, why isn't voting extremely important? Why, why don't we demand at least a minimum threshold such that people know, for example, that this country used to be a country with no taxes, that this country used to be a country that, uh, that, that believes in very limited government, and that, that this country declared independence in 1776, for crying out loud. And that the Democrat Party is responsible for slavery, Jim Crow, and the KKK. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be nice. That would be nice that they understood that, too. Right. Yes. And yes. the Republican Party freed the slaves, passed the 14th Amendment, and passed the Civil Rights Bill. That would be great. Put that on the test. <laughs> I remember when I was uh, a liberal, I, and one of my... I wasn't a a rabid liberal by any stretch. But when I was a liberal, I I remember telling friends on my conservative side of the aisle, I would say to them, it seems to me that conservatives will do everything they can to limit the number, number of people who can vote. And that to me was QED, you know, therefore they're bad people, right? 
And, and in hindsight now, of course, I realize there's some wisdom to that. We do want to make sure that the people who do vote uh, actually have a, a valid you know, a right to vote in the first place, putting aside the, the tests and everything else. But I will say now, as a conservative, an equally correct thing, which is it is the liberals who want people to be as least informed as possible. That's, between the two parties, that's, that's the party that wants um, their votership, their voter, um, uh, voter base to be as little informed as possible. They benefit from a lack of information, the liberals, the Democratic Party. Anyway, we, we've gone a little bit far afield, and when we get back from our break, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Obamacare thing, but I will say that you need to be cautious about your embracing the Supreme Court decision today that held that any ban of same-sex marriage is unconstitutional because they just, they just made that out of whole cloth. And that, my friend, whether you're a liberal or conservative, should scare the hell out of you. I'm Brock Lurie. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case involving a $220,000 promissory note and you won a trial, but later discovered that the defendant had transferred all his assets. Dennis, when judgment debtors don't want to pay, they may shift assets over to their relatives, asking them to hold them till the coast is clear. How did you get the payment? The defendant had transferred title to two commercial buildings. We convinced them to admit it was an illegal transfer. That led to a great settlement with guarantees from relatives with penalties. And don't you know, they're making payments every month on time like clockwork. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. Hi, Brockler again. Uh, after our break, thanks so much for tuning back in. All right, uh, one of the things that <clears throat> I forgot over the break, uh, and we were talking about this, is is the facts on the ground, right? This argument that, well, the facts are on the ground are such, so we have to embrace it. Well, why not say the same thing about um, immigration, right? Oh, good point. Right? So they're imm- here. They're here. The 12 million or 13 million, depending on who you talk to, and. By golly, um, let's just, uh, it's a fact on the ground. They, they are here, and we want to embrace them. So let's make them a fast pass to the citizen. In fact, just give them citizenship right now. Uh, they just come to any, uh, any DMV and get a license and get a passport, and you're good to go. And, uh, and not only that, but they're also fully entitled to all the perks that are associated with citizenship, including voting, including health care, including schools and tax breaks or whatever you want. Right? You, you might as well make that argument. <clears throat> there, there, the point is, folks, that there are so many facts on the ground. And for this to be one of the main reasons why the same-sex marriage thing has been deemed, or the banning of it has been deemed unconstitutional, um, is, is so bizarre. Because no one thought that through. 
because you can so easily make this, this argument regarding so many other things. Look, the, what is the definition of wisdom? The definition of wisdom is being able to see consequences. That's really it. I mean, it all boils down to that. You know, I, I know, you know, I'm sure I speak for you, Ari. We both have very young kids. And we see all the time situations where there's that cup of, of, of water on the, uh, on the coffee table, and you see your kid playing around it, and what do you do? You move the coffee, the, 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 the glass of water. Before. Before it, it happens. Spills. Because you know the consequences. Or there's a good chance that they'll roughhouse. Um, and, and while they're roughhousing, you know bad things are going to happen. So you put the appropriate pillows around the area because you know that uh, there's a good chance they'll, they'll fall into someplace and hurt their heads. That's what it is. And, and we have to be the ones, when it comes to whether it's same-sex marriage or anything else, we have to be the ones saying, what are the consequences of it? And we see the consequences. I have a, I have a very good friend of mine, and I posed a very simple question because it was an interesting one to just pose it. With regard to same-sex marriage, let's assume for the sake of discussion that same-sex marriage becomes the law of the land, that it's unconstitutional to ban same-sex marriage. Here we are, by the way, right? Today is the day. And not only that, but it's acceptable everywhere in the world, okay? Even among ISIS and the Iranian bastards, okay? They, they accept it and embrace it in every way, okay? There's just not a single person out there who is against same-sex marriage. Not a single one. Okay. And here's the question. Is this the end of the debate when it comes to marriage? Why do you always ask that? I'm being sarcastic, of <laughs> right. course. Why is, is this the end? And, and can you honestly say, we're done with this? Or is there, and it's, an, it's a rhetorical question, will there be more issues presented? And what are those issues? You and I know what those issues are. Those issues will Pets, be... Pets, gerbils, multiple women, multiple men, yeah. multiple children, uh, under 18, over 18. Right. Fathers, it, sons, wives, daughters. That's it, the way it's going to be. Right. Okay? Because once you... It's just too obvious. Once you start saying that marriage is only about love and, and take sex out of the equation, you don't have to have sex. I mean, no one's going to... I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fair thing to say that... You, you know, right now, by the way, in, in, in a heterosexual marriage, you can annul the marriage if you haven't consummated the marriage. And consummation means half sex, right? So if you haven't consummated the marriage, you can say, look, we never had sex. I hereby want to annul this marriage. Okay? You're good to go with that. But why? why should, sex is not necessarily essential to a marriage. A lot of times people get married at very old ages, let's say 85 and 83, and they just want their comp the company of each other. They just want somebody to lean on, to talk to. They, don't, they may not even have sex at all. Maybe they can't even have sex, or one of them can't have sex. You know, are you going to prevent them from being married because they can't have sex? Of course not. The point is that, that marriage, in their eyes, is only about love. And, and hence, isn't it wonderful when two people, regardless of whether they're the same sex or of the opposite sex, when they get married? And isn't that good for society, for crying out loud? But the... the, the the question begs itself, well, then why not three people? Why can't three people love each other? Why can't uh, a father decide to marry his son? Why can't brother marry brother? Why? What's, you, you, you want all the, you see, there are many perks to marriage. That's the whole point. 
among them the tax benefits, uh, the right to visit in hospital, and by the way, the legal privilege of the husband-wife privilege, the, the spouse-spouse privilege. Not incriminating each other. Not incriminating each other. You're, each other. So there are many benefits to, to marriage. Great. Well, you know, I, the only person I trust is my brother, let's say. Okay? I don't, have plan, I don't plan to have sex with him, but by golly, I love him as a brother, and I trust him. So, uh, you know, I want him to receive all the benefits in, in, in case I, my will get, gets contested or I don't have a will. I want him to visit me at the hospital. I want him to, uh, to, to not incriminate me if, if ever anything ever happens. you murder someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a civil context, too. But I, I want, let's say I want all those things, right? Why is that wrong, right? And, and we decide that the two of us, my brother and I, that uh, that's the way we want to function. And we like it that way. Thank you very much. And who are you, society, to tell me otherwise? And, I don't, and, and you know, the response to this is, oh, you're being absurd. No, 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 no. There's something, you just hit on something so important. I'm going way back in my mind to elementary school. I was eating a ding-dong. Stay with me here. I'm with you. Uh, I think it was a hostess or Sara Lee ding-dong. Twinkie or something. Twinkie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I love it. And someone said... Then why don't you marry it? There you go. Yeah. This is I'm with this you. is the logic of the elementary school mentality. Right. That's now okay. law. Mm-hmm. I love it. Why don't you marry it? Now I can. Thank you, Justice right. Kennedy. Right. It's a uh, it's a strange world we live in, and it's a strange Supreme Court that we're now adopting. And this is before, you know that. The, <laughs> this is before Obama gets to uh, nominate yet more liberal justices. Uh, instead of what we already have. I mean, can you just imagine? We're working that, really hard on making sure that uh, Anton and Scalia and Clarence Thomas and Alito all stay in good health. That's right. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's one thing if uh, Ginsburg, who is the oldest, I think, and most likely to retire, uh, you know, somehow either retires or she, you know, God, God forbid that she dies early. Um, because, you know, if she dies early, well, it'd be bad enough because you're repl- you would be replacing... A, failed, a fairly elderly liberal with a very young liberal justice. And then that, of course, will echo for a long time. But it would be far worse, of course, if, God forbid, anything happened to the conservative justices, um, Scalia or uh, Thomas or otherwise. If, if, and, then, and then they get replaced with a liberal. Well, then, then, then the sky's the limit for the liberal agenda. I mean, we've been very lucky in the Obama years that the only justices he got to appoint are replacements for other liberals. Yeah, that's that's true. Look, the 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 reason why I pose that question is this: the end of all, of the marriage debate. Um, because to, you have to honestly say, and by the way, this friend of mine who responded to that said, "Yes, this is the end," as if somehow, you know, okay, yeah, right? Uh, you really think this is the end? That's the amazing thing to me that you, you forget that progressivism. Always progresses. Hang on. Progressivism is a shark that must keep moving. Sharks don't sleep. They don't stay still. They don't lie in wait. They move. That's their job. That's all they know is to move. And eat. And, and, and eat. Well, but they, they, they eat while they're moving. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's all they can do. And, and you know, sharks are, it's, it's, it's an insult to sharks to equate them to progressives because progressives keep on changing things. 
you know, at least a shark is just eating. He's just moving. So it's not a perfect analogy. Sharks I, also cl- help clean up the, the ocean environment by eating garbage. <laughs> all right. So, there you go. You know, but, but you know, it, cl- the, the point, the point is, of, it helps things. It doesn't only destroy. This analogy is going awry. Fine. <laughs> Progressivism must continue to progress, as you said. It always has to have something new in its wake. It's a new target. I mean, I, I, things that, and it's always something that kind of shocks us. Um, it, 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 same-sex marriage was a shock. The notion, even before then, that gays would somehow adopt a child and, and raise them as, as their own, that was a shock. Nobody even thought in those terms. It, it was bizarre to think of those terms. It was bizarre to think of same-sex marriage. And then even and two years ago, Ari, you and I would say it, it would be absurd to, to expect some sort of law that would require a baker or a photographer or a florist to provide their services to a gay marriage, even despite their opposition to a gay marriage. We would think that's absurd, but here we are. Everything that, that, is, that we are talking about has been, at one point, very absurd, and not so long ago has been considered absurd. So when you, when you my liberal friend, tell me that the notion of three people marrying to each other because they all love each other is absurd. Well, you're in a, we're in a long line of absurdities. History has been absurd so far, and it's going to continue to be absurd. There's nothing, nothing in the future that's going to be logical except that absurdity will continue. That is the only logical thing. That's the one thing we know for sure. We, we, we know that people will be told that and I just learned this, that Adam Carolla has just, just said something similar to what I've been saying, which is that if you don't have gay sex, uh, at least try it out, then you'll be considered a prude, and you'll be strongly encouraged to try gay sex. And if you don't, well, then, then something's wrong with you. You're homophobic. You know, don't knock it until you tried it sort of thing. And I think, I think that's right. I think that's what I've that's always... That's the next thing? That's the next thing. Well, maybe there's be a lot of other things in between. Well, that's a great point because I remember when uh, I was in 7th and 8th grade when sex ed came to schools. Yeah. And it was considered an absurdity by those advocating for it that the um, curriculum would ever encourage kids to have sex. Now we know that's exactly what they do. Yeah. That's true. They, they, and they so really what you just, and, and Corolla said, that's just the next logical step of the, this long domino line of absurdity. Well, speaking about absurdity, so Mambla is now pushing for a younger and younger age of consent, right? So it's 18 right now. So Mambla, of course, would love it to be... Five. Yeah, five. Five, six, seven. I mean, it's... You know, it's Sharia compliant. Right. They'll, they'll go as far, as low as they can go. You know, they'll start off with what they think they can get. So that might be 16. And then once they get 16, they'll go down to 14. And then they'll talk about, at some point, you know, and this, by the way, was in the, in the book Brave New World. They talked about sexuality being very imperative uh, for, for young children. And I remember this one part in the book where this girl complained about this one young boy who wasn't willing to, to, uh, to touch her sexually. You know, and they didn't use the word sexually, but to play with the genitals and such. And she complained to the teacher that Johnny wasn't willing to do this. And the, the teacher scolded the boy for not, for not doing this. Why do you think that's so absurd? It's not that absurd, this, this future that we're looking at. Because everything we have today is absurd com- compared to what was spoken about five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. 
And it's also the, the absurdity is that these crazy new ideas are not crazy and new. These are all primitive pre-civilization ideas that human beings are slowly devolving towards. Yeah. The ritual scarification of tattoos and piercing, the the unart uh, of punk rock or dada art that we've talked about before. Right. All of these anti-civilization trends are nothing more to a return to things humanity did long and terrible experiments with in the in the pre-ordered world that we take for granted. Well, we're we're rushing back toward the things that we we previously escaped. Yes. Right? We we sought order and now we want uh, chaos again. And it, it, it's it's that bizarre. It's as simple as that. And you're right. They're, they're, they're not, there's nothing new under the sun, as they say in Leviticus, I think. The, the point is that whatever you think is um, somehow progressive, keep in mind that it was once deemed absurd and even your team deemed it absurd. And whatever comes out in the future, whether it's a, a, poly, a polygamy or incest or otherwise... Keep in mind, this is this was a, has a long historical track record. This is this is where we came from, my friends. It's it's like the old expression about the, the old belief about the um, the Big Bang. They, they they knew that the universe was expanding. They accepted that, but one thing they didn't know was whether or not the universe was expanding at such a rate that it might actually end up stopping to expand and then eventually contract again and go back to the singularity that it once was. Uh, and they just, so this is this is what it might be. We might be coming back to a singularity of Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. Wait a minute, Mr. Lurie, you're being absurd. Sodom and Gomorrah, for real? We're we're not going there. I've seen it with my own eyes. Hey, hang on. I, we're, we're in like agreement. Look, the 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 great battle of civilization. What is it, my friends? It's the battle between order and chaos. It's really that simple. Okay, and order. Yes, with freedom, but freedom implies order. You cannot have freedom without order. You need structure. And that's what we've been focusing on. God wants us to be free, but he wants it with structure. And you cannot have one without the other. That's the, that's the irony of it. We need laws in order to embrace freedom. And we're quickly descending into a place where there's no structure, where we ultimately... Uh, can easily see a Sodom and Gomorrah situation where, you know, you just, you have to have sex all the time. If you get raped, well, then you're just going to get raped. And that's the way it is. You know, cats and dogs, they get raped all the time. Now, think about the irony. The, the, those who disagree with us would like to be able to abort the child until the day of birth and then have sex with the child the day after birth. I, it's, okay. I mean, well, if you think about their <laughs> logic, they... I know, I know, but let's let's not get too too out there because I mean I, I don't want I don't want our liberal listeners or those who, for that matter, disagree with us to glom onto something that is, as if somehow that's the essence of our argument. It's not right. I understand what you're saying, um, but it's not really the essence of our argument. The essence of our argument is that the logical flow of these uh, these things that they want lead only to one thing, and that's chaos. And be careful what you want, is all we're saying, because you, you just might get it. And, you know, for those of you who are my age and maybe even a little bit younger, let's say 40, the 40 to 60 camp, okay? We're going to live long enough. 
you and I, Ari, I'm, I'm 51, you're 45, right? We're going to live long enough that we're going to see even more changes. It's not as if, you know, we're living in our twilight years right now where we might have five to seven years left. Um, we're, we're going to see some serious changes in the next 30 years. Let's say, you know, I anticipate I'll live at least another 30 years. That's 81 for me. In 30 years, you know what, what has happened in the past 30 years? It's since 1985, 30 years ago. A tremendous amount, right? I mean, think of all the things that have happened, uh, not just from an innovation point of view, but more significantly from a cultural point of view. And it's, it could accelerate even more. We're going to look back in, in 2015 and, and talk about the quaint old years when, when we were still debating whether or not there would be two people getting married. The same way we talk about 1985 as the quaint old years. Yeah, now. yeah, it's, it's, it's that absurd. And even our liberal friends, that, like my very good friend who told me that this is the end of the marriage debate, which we know is, is of course, not the case, you know, we'll, there will be a point where he will be 80 years old also. And he'll say, yeah, you know what, this is, this is a little crazy for me. And we're just telling you, just like we, we're sharing the wisdom of, of putting that glass of water away from the kids because we know that it's going to be spilled, right? We're just sharing with you. This is what's going to happen. We, we see the rambunctious nature of society, that it's running reckless without regard whatsoever to its consequences. And we're simply telling you, like the parent, let's put away that glass of water. Let's let, understand that bad things are going to flow from this. I don't like it. And you need to see this too. So God help us all. We live in a society which uh, is rapidly changing culturally. I, I, innovations, let's have at it. Let's have a lot of innovations for sure. But the core beliefs of uh, things that are, we know are true, that the best things that have advanced civilizations are a man and a woman married together, two people, man and woman. Thank you very much. That's it. Th that's the core. That, that fathers are good for children, that um, the hard work pays off, that limited government is the most effective way of advancing a civilization. Those are the things. And those are tried and true, and they will always be true. But the progressive mindset wants to undo all that. They somehow know better, and they eviscerate history in the process. And, and ironically, because they eviscerate history, they race right down to exactly where they once were, in a place called Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you real soon. Stop.